Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, Great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. Aloha, this week's episode features Aaron Ba. Aaron Ba is the host of InYourElement.fm. It is a podcast that is just trying to understand interesting stories around the world. I happen to be on their podcast. They were such a delight. I brought them on mine. This podcast recorded just before I moved to Hawaii. And at the time of release, I'm officially in my house. Oh my gosh. Yay. I will be getting back to everyone and their interviews and their structure and all of that. But as you all know, I am trying to work for Disney. So as I settle, I don't know what that means for the podcast. I want to keep sharing stories. So of course, you know, patience and virtue and all of that. Thank you guys so much. Um, but of course, this is, please don't kick me out. The only inclusive podcast about imposter syndrome. And let's hear Aaron Baugh's episode. Let's go. going? I am doing great. How's you? I am doing so good because uh, I'm just excited to hop into it. So um, I want to tell you something really exciting since the last time we spoke. But of course, to my listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is Aaron Bao. Aaron, would you like to give your elevator pitch who you are, what you do, etc.? Yeah, totally. So My name is Aaron. I am a software engineer by training, but I like to uncover stories and talk to interesting people. So that's pretty much my my elevator pitch. Awesome. Okay. So I was on your podcast, which is how you and I met, thanks to matchmaker.fm. I've talked about it exclusively. Um, And it was such a delight. It was a really great conversation. But something that we unpacked during our conversation was Disney and Disneyland. As of this week, I was able to book three days at Disneyland. Ah, I'm going to be there when it opens. That is amazing. Oh I'm my so gosh. excited. I'm so excited because we and I were talking about like the Ratatouille ride and all of that. And um, of course, we don't have that here. I wish we did. Um, but Disneyland is my happy place and I get to go back. I don't think I get to hug Goofy, but I hope I can one day. <laughs> socially distant but that's why i'm in a really great mood plus it's saturday and at the time of recording this i'm going to i'm fully vaccinated as of tuesday i'm going to a birthday party where with other vaccinated people and my one of my best friends sean 
he really just did not have a fun time doing a Zoom birthday last year. It was just not his cup mm. of tea. So I'm going to a party today <laughs> with uh, about five or six other vaccinated people. And there's going to be a male stripper. And I'm so excited because most of my friends are gay men. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, it's a good day. It's a beautiful day. And my husband's coming back soon. So I'm in a really good mood. So I'm excited to talk to you. You know, I am so happy for you, Bianca. I know how much you love Disney. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I would love to actually go back to Disney. In fact, something that has just come to mind is I read somewhere that I don't think they do this anymore now, but apparently if you would shout Andy's coming, like all of the characters <gasps> would drop to the floor. Is that true? Have you heard of that? I've never heard of this, but I also like, I'm super into TikTok and I, I'm, um, because my FYP is a very happy place. Like my for you page is a very happy place. It's like drag queens and Disney and, uh, like comedians. And so it's just a happy place for me. Um, and, uh, someone posted this podcast or they have a podcast and they posted a clip talking about this weird other phenomenon that Disney, Walt Disney's head is underneath Sleeping Beauty's castle, his frozen head. Okay, let me break your brain for a second. Then oh they created the movie Frozen to then get rid of the SEO results of it. I don't know. Oh. That 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 tracks to me, I think. Disney's weird like that. And at the time of recording this, I just found out that they um I have tattoos, visible tattoos. My listeners know this. Um most of them are Disney, and uh I just found out that cast members are now allowed to have visible tattoos. They're repealing the Disney image cuz because it was slightly racist and also not very inclusive. And um I there's a hotel on Oahu where I'm moving to called the Olani and I'm gonna try and get a job there because it's my dream to work for Disney oh my gosh that is so right cool. uh if they if they told me like the only job is to be in a Lilo and Stitch costume in the burning sun I would do it I would do it <laughs> oh my God. I would do it so yeah so there's so so many disney like weird things i've heard recently and i'm so grateful for this pandemic because one it's gotten me to connect with people two i love talking to people just like you uncovering stories that's like what this is all about and it's just nice to like also see like just i don't know just be on my phone with the content so like finding out weird random facts like i've i've really enjoyed that it's been kind of fun like mystery debunking and theorizing Totally, totally. I think this pandemic has had, has taught us a lot of great things. Mm -hmm. And it's been a real catalyst, not just for change, but also for just trying new things. Yes. And I think that's such a, a great opportunity. It's really a blessing in disguise. I think, you know, we may have mentioned this before, but in a way, life is just so quick. It's go, 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 go. Yes. And having this period of brief pause where yeah. there isn't so much pressure to go 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 has been nice it's been it's allowed us to discover parts of ourselves we didn't really know about and to try new things and i love that it's yeah nice. Absolutely. And it's just, it's nice to talk to positive people like yourself. And so um, uh, you had me on your podcast uh, and I was like, you'd be a great guest on mine. So um, of course, we're going to talk about this, this feeling of imposter syndrome. Um, so we'll start with the first question, which is, of course, do you have a, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Oh yeah, totally. I've got it all figured out. Um... <laughs> Get out of my Zoom. Bye. Like you're bombing it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, to be honest, no, like I, I don't think anyone has ever really got it all figured out. But I would say that for me, I, you know, that, that saying where you, you don't know what you don't know. And 
there is this idea that the more you learn about something, the more you realize you don't actually know about that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've really been noticing that when it comes to sort of personal growth and just trying to learn how to lead a good life, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of how I feel, right? Yeah. Like, I almost feel like I had it more figured out a couple of years ago. And now just the more I learn about life and yeah. the older and more mature I get, the more I realize I actually just don't have it figured out. Yeah, well... <laughs> That's something I learned is like, you know, especially because um, you recently graduated from university. No, it was like about a year ago or so, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, and you're on the younger side. So you're in your twenties and you're like learning as you go. And twenties are weird. Cause everyone's like in this rat race to like find their person and get married and get the white picket fence and do this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. But like, when you take a step back in your thirties, like I am now, I'm like, why were we doing that? Like, what was why were we rushing to to do these societal norms because at the end of the day like the journey was a lot better when we didn't put pressure on it but you don't really learn that until you're in your mid-20s I would say at least for me and then it kind of clicked in my 30s where I was like oh like actually like I don't have it all figured out neither do you neither do you we don't know what's going on but we have to be content with the process and so I love that answer and as you grow and learn throughout your 20s it's going to be a fun fun experience but the most harrowing thing for me was graduating college and then like getting a job and being like oh this is all we do Yep. Yep. We just collect our paycheck and then we go home and then, then you die. It's like, oh, okay, cool. It's like almost depressing because you're so bushy, bright eyed and bushy tailed, like in university or school. And you're like disillusioned almost to like, this is what life's going to be like. And then you get out of school and then it's like, you have, you're wildly unprepared for the work world. You have no idea what you're doing and neither does anyone around you. So it's like, (laughs) we're all just kind of like collecting a paycheck and like hoping no one figures out that we shouldn't be there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I totally, I totally see what you're saying there. Um, And it's crazy because I remember feeling this intense energy and excitement, you know, heading straight out of university and sort of, you know, looking around me and seeing other people who have been in careers for some time now. And it just, I get curious, you know, did everyone start off with that same sense of energy? Does life, you know, does life wear people down a bit or Mm -hmm. like, it's just something I I get, I get curious about. Yeah. um, Yeah. Because I think that that sort of childlike energy and, and optimism is something I really try to, to cultivate. I think I want to approach things with that childlike optimism and energy. I don't know if that's going to be around forever, but I'd like to try and keep it as long as I can. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great mindset because people in our parents' generation, so my, let's you know take an example. My dad is a hardware engineer. My dad went to UC Davis in the seventies and like sent like his basically sent a, um, a letter to IBM with his resume, like hoping, and he wow. got the job and he worked at IBM for like 20 plus years. Then he worked at Western digital. Then he worked at, um, you know, at, uh, oh gosh, I can't even think of the name, Texas instruments. That's what brought us to Colorado. Um, I was born in Minnesota. And it's like, my dad has like constantly sat at jobs for years and years and years. Now I'm a millennial. Um, and you are uh, Gen Z, I would say. Right. So, yes. So, 
millennials, when we graduated college, and especially I graduated with like more of a liberal arts degree, it was a lot harder to find something because we just experienced the great recession. And it's not normal anymore to stick in companies forever and ever and ever and ever. It's actually quite millennial. I used to go into job interviews and they'd look at my resume and they're like, what's with all the starting and stopping? And I was like, I don't know. You tell me, Karen. Like <laughs> I, I didn't, it wasn't serving me and I wasn't going to sit there any longer. And so I moved on to another better opportunity and, and, but, but they were older generation than I was. And they were looking down upon that. And it's just like, it's not the norm anymore to like sit in a job forever. It's not the norm anymore to conventionally collect employment. It's things are so drastically different than when my dad graduated in the seventies. And I constantly have to tell them that I'm grateful because my dad's a really great manager. I love him to death. He's a, he's a great guy. I love, love Jer Bear, but he also, I learned a lot from him and how he was a manager. And so I adopted that into my career, which actually served me very well. Um, and now I don't really know like what I want to do because I, you know, I just, I love, I love talking to people. I love content creation. I love the opportunities it's given me, but I have no idea. Like to me, like it kind of sounds exciting. I want to work for Disney. Like I'll go do that. Like I've given myself the allotment and the allowment to, um, to try new things. And I think that's very, um, trending among Gen Z and millennials is that like this, this year has given us an opportunity to like try new things. Yeah, for sure. And you know what you mentioned about people not staying with companies for the rest mm -hmm. of their lives that really resonates i'm actually reading this book uh by simon sinek i'm not sure if you've come across any of his, mm -mm. his work um he's got a really famous ted talk and he pops up on facebook every now and then he likes talking um about millennials and he has this really famous ted talk called the golden circle and he he talks about how you know um older generations especially coming out of the second world war um, the boomers, the baby boomers, they would really, they would really dedicate themselves and their entire lives to, 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 to companies and corporations and work there for 20, 30, 40 years and get the proverbial, you know, the gold watch, um, mm -hmm. at the end of it. And now it's, it's so common for us to hop between jobs, especially, you know, in, in, in tech, there's such a high turnover. We're talking like every year or two, it's very common. If you stay longer than two years at a tech company, it's like, what is wrong? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why haven't oh, you absolutely. It's crazy. It's the same thing in marketing, especially because as you're advocating for brands and to my listeners, if they're coming from your podcast um, and, and aren't familiar with me, um, I, I'm, I'm a marketing background. Um, I started advertising and then I switched into marketing, but um, for me, it was, it, it was weird that it's almost like it's, it's just bizarre that it was so looked down upon for like hopping jobs. And the reason why we need to do that is because you got to advocate for yourself. And I think like something amazing about, you know, the tw like 2020 and 2021 is just how we're breaking systemic societal things. Um, because we have mm -hmm. to, because they're not serving us anymore. So I, I've, I've done a lot of work on, you know, educating myself about social injustices and systemic racism and all of this other stuff to be a better ally for my friends. And also I, I've done, you know, I've taken this time to really kind of dismantle, like, what is it to be a military spouse? What is it to be in the career? What is it to be a marketer? I'm always going to use marketing. It's just, I don't think that I need to be at a company anymore doing it. I think 
that this last year, if I tried to go back into an office right now and do marketing, I would want, I would literally throw myself out of a window because it's just, it's the, the, the algorithms have changed so much. And the way you need to be messaging to people has changed so much in the last year. It just doesn't make sense anymore. And I'm maybe a little too old to deal with it, you know, where <laughs> it's like, uh, like, like brands, the way that they, if they didn't position themselves for black lives matter, and then they didn't position themselves for LGBTQIA plus rights, then we canceled them. Like it's been a weird year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that this last year, has given us a real opportunity to learn more about ourselves. Like you mentioned, right. you know, like what does it mean to be a military spouse and how can you educate yourself on racial injustice? I think one of the things that I've really tried to do as well is just spend some time reflecting on what it is that excites me to learn more mm -hmm. about my, my own identity. And I actually came across quite a profound realization, at least for myself. And I was actually recounting this to a good friend of mine, um, Ash, Ash, if you're listening, hi, I love you. <laughs> hi, um, Ash. <laughs> we we were we were we were going for a walk here in London. It's actually a beautiful day it, outside. I could tell there was so much sunlight in your room before we pressed record. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's like six p.m. right now, so this doesn't happen very often. No. Um, yeah, like I mentioned before, London has like two kinds of weather: gray uh -huh. or gray. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm familiar. Um, yeah, and and so we were talking about what it is that is really exciting us at this at this point in time and i i realized that you know i've always been hugely passionate about technology you know growing up i would always try to tinker around with like gadgets and devices and like learn programming i was interested in design in filmmaking and a lot of different creative outlets but they all centered around technology and i thought is that really what i'm passionate about Hmm. Really, I came to realize it's not actually technology. Technology is just a means to an end. What, what I found I'm really passionate about is actually just creating experiences, whether that's oh. through, whether that's through uh, videos, whether it's through software, creating apps, websites, or presentations, story design. I love creating experiences. And I think that's something that 2020 has really helped to teach me. And um, yeah. I think it's been an awesome opportunity for that. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love that you create things and that creating those experiences because I, one, my brain doesn't work in code, but I'm very good at talking to software engineers, designers, and app creators and stuff because I'm, mm -hmm. because of my dad being an engineer, I know how to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can speak your lingo. I can, I can translate it. Um, but I, I love that. I love that you've been able to take it, take a step back and go, what am I really, really passionate about? Because I, I did a lot of volunteer work for the military this in this last year. One, I'm the secretary of the family readiness group for the deployment my husband's currently attached to the Macon Island. Um, and I got that off the ground and going, and I saw a lack of spousal support. Being a military spouse, it's a lot harder to get a job. You're seen as impermanent. Um, and I have been a bigger ally and advocate for military spouses. I've been very vocal. And I also did some volunteer work for... Um, what really kicked it off for me was my friend Diana. She used to do volunteer work at the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society. Something that's um, not really talked about in military stuff is like with uniforms, um, they don't really get an allotment or an allowance for it. And if you like gain any weight and the, the pandemic has been very unforgiving, <laughs> if you gain weight or lose weight, it, uniforms are quite expensive, like um, mm -hmm. new NWUs, which are the the green uniform for the for the military expensive. Like for instance, a pea coat, a brand new bridge coat pea coat, which you need 
randomly for random inspections, it'll run you about two to 300 bucks. But anyway, the Navy wow. Marine Corps Relief Society, I volunteered at the thrift store and we would take donations from people getting out of the military and whatnot. And I could help sailors save so much money on their tiny paycheck or, or if, you know, if they're scrounging up pennies or they had like five kids or something, like I was able to like help them. And that actually mm -hmm. made me learn the ranks, the rates, the military stuff, all of the uniform stuff. Like I could tell you exactly what goes into a white's uh, Cracker Jack, all of these things now. Um, and I'm grateful wow. for it, but because it actually humanized the military a little bit more to me. And I was able to see like what my husband deals with every day with his sailors. And I was able to understand it. Um, when the pandemic started to shift and change, uh, and the, this, it started mutating and, um, they were, they, they were really short staffed. I stopped volunteering because I was worried that I was going to get sick and that I would be alone and I didn't want to get COVID. So mm. I haven't volunteered since then, but I, I can't say enough good things about the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society. They also give loans, uh, up to $500. They help people out with bills because, um, they've, they've been around since the thirties and 1930s and, um, they're a very amazing organization. And so I have nothing but good things to say about them. And I really enjoyed my time there. But to go back to it, when I took a step back from that, I realized I'm just passionate about helping people. I'm passionate about mm -hmm. being the voice for the squeaky wheel that needs mm -hmm. the grease. And so, um, so at the end of the day, I think I'm just passionate about humans <laughs> and talking <laughs> to people, but also like, I like hearing stories, like, just like you started that podcast for the story aspect, you know, it's just, it's nice to learn about people. And I love learning. I love learning about things. And I would say I'm probably a lot more woke as a military spouse in the sense that I, um, understand officer and a wardroom situation versus the enlisted side. i really tried to educate myself because I don't like that there's a divide between my husband. My husband's prior enlisted. So that means that he actually um, was in for eight years. So he did the whole rank situation of, of, of you know, ranking up and then he became an officer, a commissioned officer. Um, and you can get, become an officer in a few ways. You can join ROTC in college to help pay for college. And then you owe the military about four to eight years, or you can mm -hmm. do, you can go to the academy, uh, which uh, then you're an officer right when you get out. Same with ROTC. Um, or you can get your college degree and be prior enlisted and, or have a college degree and join, join and get commissioned and go. Um, those are your options. But the people who are Mustangs, like my husband, have been prior enlisted and those people are very empathetic towards their sailors. So I've always come from a place of compassion and never really seen the divide. And there isn't a divide. I have to just say there isn't a divide. I'm expected, there's more expected from me as a wardroom spouse with an officer, but the societally, I can say what I want, do what I want, be friends with who I need to be friends with, but it, it, it more applies to him than it does to me. Wow, I think that is so inspiring that you've really taken that as an opportunity to really go deep um, on, on, on all of this and to understand, um, you know, this is an area that I would love to actually learn more about, you know, mm -hmm. the whole world of, of the military and particularly for someone who lives in, in the UK, you know, it's it's something that I feel quite far removed from. I know in, in, in the US, it's like, um, it's a much bigger deal, right? Like, here, yeah. Um, not many people think about, you know, the military and um, for most people, the military, at least in the UK, it doesn't seem like, um, you know, it's not something that we think about when we talk about, you know, career options or whatnot. I right. think most people might, you know, do a stint in the army. They may spend a couple of years there. Um, a lot of people like doing um, what we call like army reserves. And mm -hmm. that helps with like the, you know, you get like a separate state pension if you do that too. 
Um, but that's really interesting to, to, to sort of learn, learn more about. Have you learned anything in particular that has really changed the way that you think about the military in, in the past year or so? Um, yes and no. Um, it's been a, this has been an interesting command and an experience and, um, Mm -hmm. you said you're curious so I'll, I'll get into it um we had a very very bad accident when they were doing workups getting ready to deploy and we ended up wow. uh there was a marine accident where they have these things called aavs aavs are essentially the marines are supposed to have them a lot of the military is just playing war it's not really war um mm -hmm. but it's a really good option for people who are either lower income or didn't do well in high school or whatever. It's a really great option. It gives you a lot of opportunity. Like they give you, they give, they, they give you a college education through the GI bill. Should you take it, you can pass that down to your children, et cetera, et cetera. You mm -hmm. get healthcare. If you stay in for 20 years, it's, it's, there's a lot of really great things. It's just the sacrifice on top of it. My husband's at 15 years. So we've got five years left. Thank God, not a day longer. Um, but, and I met him when he was 11 years in. So, uh, this last year with this AAV accident and people dying and going through that trauma and, and not knowing if my husband was involved in some way, shape or form and, um, the trauma of it and walking my friends through their PTSD because of it. Um, cause I'm friends with, uh, a, a, a female officer that's now off of the command. My, she's one of my best friends, JC. Um, and then also like hearing about bits and pieces from some of my husband's sailors about what they heard and what they saw and all of that. I can't really speak on it because it's OPSEC, which is op operational, operational security. But what I can say is that it taught me that life is so precious and a loss for any military. It didn't matter that it wasn't my husband. It didn't matter that it wasn't one of someone I knew. It was still a loss for the military. And we also had another issue where um, the Bonham Richard, it was just scrapped. She was just scrapped for metal. We call ships she's. She was just scrapped for metal. Um, and we there was an uh, angry sailor that like lit, lit it on fire. Um, and thankfully, thankfully, um, no one was harmed. No one died from it. Um, it did burn to the ground. It, it was very, very hard. And the sailors and Marines attached to the ship they didn't abandon her. They just kept going in to put out the fire. They kept trying to put out the fire because they wanted to save her. And that shows that like, there's just so much sacrifice involved. And like, at the end of the day, it's mission forward. Um, there's been so many times I've heard military accounts, like, you know, for example, with like the AAV accident that had happened. Um, you can even, you can Google it. Uh, it's, it's called the Marine accident. Um, if you want to read more about it, it just declassified some stuff. Um, what I've learned is there's a lot of stuff in the military that's completely broken. Um, like these AAVs, like they, they're essentially referred to as water coffins. And what they're designed to do is go from water to land. And they've been around since like the fifties and then refurbished since like the seventies. And my husband's ship is a landing helicopter deck. So that means it has like helicopters on it. And then also it's basically a glorified Uber for the Marines. And mm -hmm. so um, the exercise they were doing, they were coming from San Clemente, which is an island, uh, well, just like a town just north of uh that they were doing a workup and uh just one of the one of them took on water and it just sunk and it was um devastating uh I, really wow. traumatic um should not have happened of course and um it, and i think that that was when i i've never i never felt so alone and that's when i realized we didn't have a family readiness group for the for the for the mki which is what he was attached to and um 
And so that's where we went, we went ahead and my friend Dottie and I were like, we're going to get this restarted because we need it because there's no support. Let's, let's make sure there's support. So I'm really proud of what we've done through it and the beautiful things that have happened through it. And I'm really grateful that the FRG is in place. The family readiness group is in place as a place of support. Um, and you know, this deployment has been a thousand years long, but I'm excited for everything to resume and, um, him to come back and us to, to move to Hawaii and, and all of that. So, uh, what has it taught me in the last year? It taught me that mistakes happen, costly mistakes can happen. Life is precious and futile and that, you need a support group always, always. And so I'm grateful for, you know, this and that and the other, but when people hear my story or hear about it, because it's not my story, I wasn't involved, but I was still adjacent to it. I mean, I didn't hear from him for 72 hours. It was terrifying. And I had podcast interviews and I had to cancel them because I was like, I don't know what's going on. My mother-in-law drove up. I was a mess. I, I, it felt like every minute of that 72 hours that I didn't hear from him felt a thousand years long. And I was checking my phone constantly. And I just, it was awful. It was awful. Mm. I'm not trying to make it about me, but it was just, awful. And so I've always like, since he's been deployed, been on pens and needles, like when, like, when, like, will I hear from him? Is everything okay? Like I, I still, to this day, like I have a little bit of PTSD from it a little bit where I'll mm -hmm. get up and I'll Google like the Macon Island to make sure his ship's okay. Because I don't, I don't know when they're coming back. So yeah, um, it's, it's, it's all good, but I, I definitely have found that there's a lacking with military being a military spouse and like there's a lack of education and learning and support. And there's also like a mean girl aspect to it and people can be very clicky, but overall I have so much empathy and respect for military spouses and the military. I'm a bleeding heart for it. And I was never, this was never a life I thought I was ever going to have. I never knew what I know now going into it. And I definitely think that, um, I had the the good fabric for it. Um, cause you have to be quite strong and resilient. Yeah. That, that is so inspiring. You know, it must've taken an incredible amount of, as you mentioned, you know, strength and resilience to, to go through that uncertainty and, and yeah. really not know, I, I can't imagine what that must've been like. It's, it's all good. Thank you. Um, but I, therapy was what got me through. I will say my therapist, Justina, shout out to Justina. I'm going to miss you. Uh, she, she is, um, something she said to me at my last therapy session. I always do therapies on Thursdays. She was like, you are just such a stronger person than when you started. And I like just me a year ago, I couldn't, I would ask Scott's, I would, I felt like I needed an adult for all decisions. And me now I'm like, I can handle it. Like, what, what do you need me to do? I got it. Like I've had to be strong for others. I've had to be strong for myself. I've had to do things on my own for so long that I'm, I'm like very resilient. I actually feel like an adult. <laughs> so wow, you, yeah, you go, Bianca. <laughs> let's talk about imposter syndrome. Um, what does imposter syndrome mean to you? And also, do you feel like you fit in or suffer from it? That's a really good question. I think for me, imposter syndrome, I know you've, you've come across many different, mm -hmm. many different interpretations and definitions of this. Um, something that we spoke about last time, but I would say for me, imposter syndrome is the feeling that you aren't quite the person that you may, that you, that you have been, 
in in the past mm -hmm. and this might not be the answer that you get quite often but i'll i'll unpack that a little bit so for me something that i've i've struggled with quite quite a lot is the feeling that i i'm not quite the same person that that brought me here and i know that is in some ways common sense because we are changing we are ever evolving and growing but what i mean by that is if say you landed a job opportunity or you were managed to accomplish something that was quite hard. Maybe you got a good grade at school or you managed to get a job that you've been prepping for for some time and you've been dreaming about. I feel like a lot of the time when I managed to accomplish something like this, that I wouldn't be able to do it again, that the person that has that wouldn't be able to do that again. Um, mm -hmm. and that is, that is what I, I personally struggle with what imposter syndrome means to me. Yeah. Something that I think you had mentioned, like, um, when we were, when we were talking on your podcast was that you felt like you were like smarter or a better version of you, like yeah. a couple of years ago. And I was like, well, and you're like, is that imposter syndrome? I was like, it, it might be, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean, like it's especially now, like, especially now, like with like, like not being able to have that opportunity again, or not being able to have that opportunity. I look back on some decisions I've made in my previous career and, and all of that. Um, like for instance, I, I got offered a job in San Luis Obispo, which is in the middle of California when I was living mm -hmm. in Denver and I didn't take that opportunity. And I, I can't look back on it negatively because if I, you, you, you have to be grateful for the things that happen in your life. You have to be grateful for what your, what life, what, what, you know, Oprah or God or whatever has given you. But then also, um, if I didn't take, if I didn't go through things the way I did and reflect on them with gratitude, then I wouldn't be grateful for the things I have now. So with imposter syndrome, like for me personally, like when I go into a room, like I'm like, okay, like where's the other sore thumb? Like, let me find them. So like I can, you know, we can sit in the corner and, and judge people. Like I'd, I'd rather kind of that be the thing versus um, versus like going into a room when I used to and be like, oh, I don't even know why I'm here. Like, why did they hire me for this panel? Like, you know, and I, I, I get nervous even now, like interviewing or sometimes someone will be on my um, podcast and they'll be like, oh, I have like a million streams. And I'm like, oh, I only have like 5,000 and it's only been a year and I'm doing, I'm grinding at this. Am I successful? Like, I don't know. So it's like, it's, it's just, it, it rears its head in ugly ways, but how I've taught thought to combat it and how I've, what I've realized over the last year is authenticity is really the key. And the more that you align with yourself, the more you'll attract things that you want and need. It's almost like a vision board for yourself. The more that you align yourself with positivity, the better outcome you'll have. And I didn't realize that until I was in my, in my thirties, honestly. And, and I think it's a gift when people can figure out how to, um, how to, to, how to combat this and stuff. Cause it's so deeply rooted in anxiety, um, and, and like self-esteem and self-worth. And so that's just something over time. I've just realized it's very human for us to feel it and it's normal. <laughs> yeah, totally. And what you mentioned about being authentic, I think rings so, so true. I, I found that particularly the last, I would say six months or so I have felt probably the most peaceful that I have in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and I think a big part of that is because I have learned what it is that I really care about. And I've tried to align my life in a way that really lives with 
those uh, in in alignment with those with those values and I spent a long time particularly you know going up at, at the back end of high school and, and university doing things that I thought were important that I thought I cared about but there was this fundamental disconnect between what I was doing and what I cared deeply about and that really created this almost low-level anxiety where right. I was overworking myself to try and fill in this kind of void and I noticed now I feel I feel so happy and, and at peace knowing that I'm I'm doing something that I that I really care about and I don't feel as much of a need to you know spend 10 11 12 hour days working and really kind of running myself into the ground and I think it comes back to this idea of just being your authentic self and mm -hmm. you know you know what you mentioned about um you know saying oh I've got 5000 streams and this person's got like a million like I mean I think just falling in love with the process is so so important and you you're natural like you're such a good oh, conversationalist thank you. and gift of gab um, <laughs> and you know you're really entertaining to listen to i i think that uh. when you find your um when you find your 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 thing and you're living you know uh for lack of a better word you know when you're living in your element everything really just falls into place you know yeah it's almost like the universe is has got your back yeah yeah i just said gift of gab and mitch will my friend mitch who listens to this will kill me because he actually informed <laughs> me because i've not kissed the blarney stone i can't say gift of gab i didn't know that they were synonymous that's actually where that phrase comes from and I just thought I'd share it with you because I love fun facts, but um, I, I'm a chatty Kathy. I love to talk to people, but thank you so much for the compliment there. And I appreciate it. And I'm glad that you're doing what you do. So let's talk about success. Um, what does success sure. look like to you? And do you feel successful? That is such a good question. You know, I had a conversation about this very topic on Friday and I have just moved on. So I, at the moment, I'm on a, um, I, I'm actually moving on to a different team. Okay. Um, at work and um as part of that i was having a kind of a farewell get together and we were talking about what we feel success means to us we had some really interesting answers you know some people were talking about you know is it freedom is it uh financial independence and for me i feel you know everyone's got a different definition of this but i think success to me is the feeling that you get to wake up in the morning and say, hell yeah, I get to do this. <laughs> that to me is success. You know, I really feel like at this point, I, I, feel, I feel financially secure. I feel so, so blessed to be doing what I'm doing. And when I wake up in the morning, I feel a genuine sense of excitement at what I get to do that day. And to me, that is, that is, that is success. Um, it, it is that feeling that you are doing something that excites you to the very core that makes you want to jump out of bed in the morning, even though, I mean, it is difficult to physically do that, but <laughs> the intention, the intention is there. And I don't think that necessarily has to come with a particular salary or, you know, a particular level of fame, um, but just feeling like you're excited by life and you get to do what you do. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like these other definitions of success people talk about where, you know, the material wealth, the, the fame, 
I feel like a lot of times that follows this this feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I love your answer to that, and it's good. And and you know, I, I think I think for you to be younger and to be this positive, and I hope that nothing jades you, my friend, because you seem like you've got a really good outlook on life. Congratulations on going moving to a new team and waking up and being able to say hell yeah, because I think uh, I think you're doing something you love, you're passionate about it, and I think like that kind of seeps into again talking about authenticity and doing the right things and being happy mm. and able to move move forward on things. Um, I love that. I love that answer. So I think we've discussed imposter syndrome. We can say sashay away to the elephant in the room, which is of course her. Bye. Uh, and now we can talk about things that we're fanatical about and why. So what is one or a few things you're a fanatical about and why? That is a great question. So I would say one of the things I'm really fanatical about is telling stories. Yeah. I love telling stories. And one of the reasons why I started a podcast is because I want to hear other people's stories because I want to learn how to tell better stories. I think stories are one of the most powerful things that humans are capable of sharing. It's it's what, you know, makes the world go round. Stories are in everything that we do. They're in the brands that you choose to support. They're in the small choices, you know, I mean, toothpaste has a story, right? Like, um, it may not be a very exciting one, but there's a story there. There's a story in your favorite show. There's a story in the conversations that you have with your friends. There's a story in everything. And it, I'm, I'm obsessed about that. So whether yeah. it's a story or experience through, you know, creating software or through presentations, through filmmaking, that's something that I'm really crazy about. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love this, this whole story act, storytelling aspect. And as you were saying that, I actually pulled up a, a email to introduce you to someone that I think would be a good podcast guest for you that I've had. So I was I doing a little warm introduction, but uh, let's talk unpopular opinions. And I always say that, you know, as long as your unpopular opinion doesn't hurt other people, it's okay. I always say cantaloupe <laughs> is trash. I hate it. Why is it always coming to the fruit salad party with its plus one cousin honeydew. And I've stolen that joke from Bojack Horseman, but I don't care. It <laughs> is the truth. I just really don't like cantaloupe. But you know what? I've come to terms with prosciutto over cantaloupe can do it. But then again, bacon mm -hmm. makes bacon and ham products make everything better. So it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, so uh, I don't really have any unpopular opinions right now. Um, off the top of my head, usually I have one or something else I'm thinking of, but uh, yeah. What about you? <laughs> That's uh, okay. Unpopular opinions. Um, I might have to think about this one. So, um, okay. So for me, I guess I, I don't know. I'm not like a huge, I'm not a huge like show person. I feel like shows and social media, like not used in the right way can, mm. they can take more than they give. What do you That's mean? Do you mean like a live concert or like a television program? Oh, like television program. So like a lot of the content that we consume like off of our like screens, right? So social mm -hmm. media, like Netflix, that kind of thing. I, I feel like those sources of entertainment can oftentimes, not always, but sometimes um, they tend to take more than, than they give. Hmm. And the mm -hmm. reason I think that is because a lot of us like to sort of romanticize and, uh, you know, the idea that, oh, I get to come home at the end of the day and 
I'm just gonna like turn on Netflix, put on my favorite show. Like it's gonna it's gonna happen. Um, we're gonna like order some pizza. And like to be honest, like in the right context, I feel like that is very powerful to help um you know it's important to spend time with like friends and, and family and you know movie nights are a great way of doing that but i also think it becomes it can become unhealthy if it's used as a form of like escape and i'm very conscious that nowadays um especially like you know generation z we are very much um we're very much so so connected and constantly um you know, being bombarded with so much like information and stimulus mm -hmm. and think that sometimes it's really good to just like switch off, like enjoy the silence. Like you don't need to be stimulated like yeah. 24 seven. And I, I'm a huge believer in that. I think, you know, it's, it's almost ironic because I'm a software developer, but I actually like to be quite disconnected. I think there's a huge value in that. I think it's where we develop our most meaningful relationships when we aren't being bombarded with so much distraction. It's where we um, can really connect with ourselves and have yeah. some of our, our greatest ideas. So yeah, that's probably a bit of an unpopular opinion. No, that's not bad. For me, I have ADHD, so I can't stand going to movies because it's like, mm. I can't look at my phone and be distract myself and I'm in a constant loop of, of shit. So I, I have a harder time. So things like television shows for me, it's a little easier to digest that. And I actually love binge watching, but this last year has just made me so bored with entertainment. It's just like, ugh, like I've had enough. Like I've, I've watched all of the things there's no more to watch, you know? And so, um, I, I used to love like live concerts, live music, that kind of thing. But I don't like that people will live stream a concert they're at. It's like, can't you just enjoy it? Oh my God. Like, why do you have to like share it with everyone? Yeah, that is one of my pet peeves. You know, like when you're having the most incredible experience right in front of you, why are you going to live that through a, you know, three by four inch like screen? No, just like live in the moment. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, they like to compromise in their experience so that they can save a little bit of it for later i also understand that though yeah absolutely and like i think the last year has really taught me like especially because like um my husband like wasn't allowed to go do things and i also have military friends that like you know they had a boat for instance and like we would go on the boat and my tray would tell me like don't post it to social media I was like, wow. I won't, I, I would never one, because I know I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> like we're hanging out in households. <laughs> oh gosh. But two, like there's so many experiences I've had in the last year that I haven't shared one from the optics perspective, but like two, like, it's not important. You don't need to be there. You don't need to see it. I, and also people were so cancelly with one another. Oh, you went out and you did something. Oh, you like you, you blah, blah, blah. Now, now it's, now it's like, you have to announce your vaccine so that you can like have justification for what you're doing but yeah. also like there's just so much I, I used to be like an oversharer i would say because as i was social media managers director marketing director i used to be way more oversharing and now i'm a lot closer to the chest with like things i'm doing with my friends like and my family like that's my time and i don't need to like put it on display um because i also don't really need anyone's judgment like I'm going to a birthday party today and i will facetime a few friends that are close with sean um because there's going to be a male stripper and uh, I helped them pick it out too. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and, uh, he's very good looking and I'm very here for it, but also, um, 
like I, but I'm not going to post it to social media. If that makes sense. Like I'll FaceTime a friend or so that like, no, Sean, but I won't post it to social media. Like that, that's something that's so different than me like two or so years ago. Cause also like, it's my experience. I don't need you to know what I'm doing or what I'm like. I used to share a lot more food. Um, and now I don't, cause I'm like, no one needs to see what I'm eating. Like who cares? Like yeah. no one cares. That's, that's it. We're done. So I agree with you. I, I actually agree with your statement there about, about all of that. And I think it's um, quite amazing. So something I've learned from a lot of my Gen Z guests is that there's such a pull for this disconnect now, because you've been so connected your whole life that, you know, it's just, it's easier to just want to be disconnected. I don't want to be on all the social media. I don't want the apps on my phone. I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And that's okay. Yeah, totally. You know, I used to make this joke that um, I I haven't really been that active on social media the past couple of years. Like I do have um, Messenger and whatnot just to keep in touch with people. But I used to really like posting my brain farts on Twitter and I used to be quite sarcastic. Um, I, I used to post things like, oh, guys, check this out. I just picked up a spoon because I was trying to make fun of exactly that. You know, like people posting photos of food. And to be honest, I... Even though, um, what what I what I find quite quite funny is people who 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 share those kind of pictures, thinking that a lot of people are, are interested. There may be a couple, but um, I always think if you're not trying to add something, like maybe you know you have this real passion for photography, and then you're taking pictures about food. That's that's cool. Or maybe you're a, a, an awesome cook. But if you're just literally like, oh guys, you know, check this out. This is my McDonald's for this evening. Like. <laughs> cool like all right you do you yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I know I totally get I totally get that but also like um so I used to when I was dating and uh, the dating apps would have like it would pull an Instagram this was like because I've been married for four years this is a while ago I'm a dinosaur so uh that would be in 2013 through 17 was when I was using apps on and off like you know, and uh, so, uh, but but Bumble would allow you to have, I think Tinder too, would allow you to have like your um, Instagram feed. And if I looked at their Instagram and they took like potato ass photos of their food, I would just like swipe left. I was like, we have nothing in common. You don't know how to take a photo. Like you're just gonna be awful at taking photos of me other things. And, um, my husband is actually a photographer. So, uh, so that's something it's, it's, it's a hobby of his and something I've gotten a lot more into. And then my, my best friend's a photographer as well. And, um, so yeah, I agree with you. Like perhaps like we don't need to see your plate of food. And there's a, there's a long time joke for Thanksgiving. I'm in, in the States, the Thanksgiving, uh, it's always a meme that gets shared around Thanksgiving. I always share it when I see it. There's a few, there's a few dates in particular that when they come up like October 3rd from Mean Girls and uh, April 25th, because um, it's also from a movie. I think it's, I believe it's Miss Congeniality where she's like, April 25th is a perfect date because you need a light jacket or whatever. That one's one I share. Um, I always share the Justin uh, Timberlake, it's going to be May. I share that one. And then this other one is just a reminder. We don't need to see photos of your Thanksgiving plate because <laughs> like, it's all gray ass food. Like we don't need to see it. Like, okay. We all know we're Thanksgiving is probably a stronger holiday in the States. It's very hallmark. Now the roots of it is very not good. Let's not take away from like what's actually awful about it. But mm-hmm. the food is at least when I was a kid, the best food my mom would make because she actually used real butter and spices and it tasted like 
magic. And my mom's favorite spice is parsley, which is like a longstanding joke. So, um, so, but like, we are all celebrating together. We don't need to see plates of food. And it was weird to have the pandemic this time around where it was like, almost we were canceling each other for like going and doing things with family and friends and whatnot. And because, because it, we shouldn't have been. And, um, and then, you know, we went into another lockdown shortly after what a shocker. Uh, so, so it was interesting because I, I, I think last year was the one year I didn't share it. Cause I was like, if you're posting a photo of your Thanksgiving plate with your family maskless, like yikes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, let's talk about what's making you currently happy in the world. Uh, I would say, well, for one, I'm pretty happy talking to you right now. Oh, um, thank you. But I, I would say honestly, the little things, the little things it's, being able to take a walk down at the park with a friend and enjoy a cup of coffee and just see kids like running around enjoying themselves people smiling you know just just thinking about what we've been through the last year just seeing an ounce of normality again yeah i wouldn't say that it is the big things that are exciting me you know being able to travel much and that don't get me wrong that is that is awesome but I'm just looking forward to the day I I am able to sit down at a cafe and um, just for some context here here in London. Yep. Uh, just I was gonna last say that week. Yeah. So just last week, uh, you know, bars and restaurants opened up, but only for like outdoor seating. So we've still got a way to go. Um, but just having that has felt like such a blessing. Yeah. It's allowing us to connect with friends and really just cherish those those moments. Oh and yeah. I was, you know, speaking about this earlier with with um, with that friend that I that I met, and I was saying, you know, I don't want to lose out on my twenties because of this mm -hmm. pandemic. And yes. Who knows how how much longer this is this is gonna ride out? So I'm gonna make sure that I enjoy what I can, that yep. I make the most of it, and not apologize for trying to enjoy yes. life a little bit along the way. I, I absolutely agree with you. And at the time of recording this, yes, uh, London is sort of coming out a little bit from lockdown um, in, in some ways. A lot of people are vaccinated. The vaccine is a huge reason for it. Uh, I'm personally vaccinated and stuff. Um, our, our, the, you know, Dis with Disneyland opening, I'm very excited and stuff. But I agree with you. I There's so many times in my 20s or my 30s that I said, I'll do it later. I'll go next year. Hmm. And the best advice I can give you is based on this pandemic. If you can safely go do something that you've always wanted to do and you have the opportunity to do so don't wait because we didn't know this was coming. We had no idea this was coming. And so if you have the opportunity to do so for my listeners and you have the opportunity to get your vaccine and you want your vaccine, go do it. Also, um, if you have the opportunity to, um, to do something you've always wanted to do, like I had a podcast guest that said, oh, I've always wanted to go to drag con. I never went. And now drag cons canceled. It's like, He's like, why did I wait? I should have just gone. And it's like, absolutely. There's so many times in my twenties that I was like, I'll do it next year. I'll do it later. I won't worry about it. So I love that that's your attitude and your mindset to know this as a younger person growing up and also to have this happen when you're younger. I think you're going to be a lot more grateful as a person and um, a very great member of society, of course. Um, and, I'm, and I love that for you. So congratulations. I'm glad that things are starting to open up, that you're able to go take a beautiful walk. The weather's been beautiful. You can now go to a pub, have a little fish and chip for me. I'm jealous. Um, but I mean, restaurants are open <laughs> here, but I, I don't, I, I've only gone, I think I went out, I've gone out more 
in the last month than normal because everyone's kind of tearing their vaccines. And mm. I don't know how to do out. Like, I don't know how to be outside like it's it's weird like going to restaurants and bars and stuff now it, it's so much different because I want to go home immediately I'm like I home is safe let me go home uh so I'm having a hard time reintegrating and and so anyway I wish you all the best and the courage with that but we are of course winding down you are just such a lovely human and I'm, I'm so grateful to have you on this Thank podcast you. and if there's anything you need from me in the pod from one podcaster to another you can always reach out to me um but I always love to give my guests the floor to promote whatever they'd like so what would you like to promote promote Thank you, Bianca. It has been a fantastic time. Always a pleasure chatting with you. And um, totally, I would just say if people are interested in uncovering and listening to more stories and curious about, you know, me and what I do, check out inyourelement.fm um, and you can learn a little bit more. So yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Bianca. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. I love that. Yes, I will share as always my, to my listeners and they know this. It'll be in the description of how you can get in touch with, with Aaron. And if you're interested in being in his podcast, definitely reach out to him if you've got a story. And I always say, if you're interested in being on my podcast, my inbox is always open though. At the time of recording, I am currently dark on interviews. This is one of my last one I'm doing for a while. So I'm glad to have you in here. And I can't wait for my listeners to, you know, learn more about you and, and, and do that. And to my listeners, um, um, this is, of course, please don't kick me out. The podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, you're fanatical like me, you want to get some merch, go to please don't kick me out.com slash shop. Thank you to Lara for all of the merchandise. It's amazing. I'm living my 90s fantasy. And uh, if you like what you hear, please rate me a five on Apple Podcasts. It means so much. So thank you again, Aaron. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your evening. Thank you so much. Likewise, Bianca. All right. Bye-bye. Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order.
has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.